So if you want to support Relay, you can go to our Patreon, because Steven is a Relay member now, so to support Relay, support Steven. Hey, Zach. Hey, Steven. So, Zach, the listeners have been going wild for Could Be Weasel. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a quality meme, and there have been some new submissions to the subreddit. I'm sorry, I just opened up the. These are such advanced memes, Stephen. I'm I'm proud. Thank you. But they're also like four levels deep, and I don't have the attention span. To... Okay. Well, should should we look at the new ones? Some of the new ones, not all of them, of course. They're we're we're gonna look at the best three, really. Okay. Yep. The first one was posted shortly after the episode went up. The post title is The Opposite of Weasel is Not Hate, It's Indifference. Mm-hmm. Which is which is a play on the quote, The Opposite of Love is Not Hate, right. It's Indifference. And that is a quote by, uh, what's his name? Elizer? Eliezer? E-L-I-E, and then Weasel. Anyway, he's a, he was a Holocaust survivor, a Jewish writer, Political activist, professor, overall really cool dude. And that was one of his famous quotes. But his last name sounds a bit like Weasel, so he could be Weasel. It was, it was clever. I was very proud of the, the play there. Uh, and then we've got one. It's titled Could Be Art too, And it's the word we on an easel. That's a good one. Could be. Could be we easel. <laughs> and the last one. This is a, this is a tough one. Uh, this took a while to figure out. Uh, it's a weasel. And there are X's on his eyes indicating that he's dead. And there's an arrow pointing towards a pot. Mm-hmm. And then in the next frame, or it's not really a frame, but it's I think it's uh, forward in time, or or there's just two pots. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a toxic bubble pointing towards the the pot, and then Leviticus eleven thirty five. And so, Stephen, what is Leviticus eleven thirty five? I I didn't uh, take the time to look that one up. I'm on BibleGateway.com. dot uh, com. The the only one with weasel in it is fairly long, so I'll paraphrase. Among the creatures that crawl on the ground, the following are unclean for you: weasel, rat, all lizard, gecko, monitor lizard, wall lizard, shrink, chameleon, blah 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 blah. Uh, if you touch them when they are done, you are ritually unclean until evening. If one of them dies and falls on something, that becomes unclean no matter what it is used for. If one of these dead creatures falls into a clay pot, everything in the pot is unclean and you must break... What? And you must break the pot? Alright. Seems like you just wash it, but... It's like proto-germ theory, but written <laughs> into scripture. Yeah, no, it's it's basically saying if a weasel crawls in your pot and dies, then the pot is unclean and you should just throw it away. Which is honestly how I run, how I operate dishes <laughs> in this house. We know it's dirty when the rats start dying in it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, can't use this coffee mug. There's a dead snake in it. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm proud of the humans from long ago recognizing that weasels are unclean, or at least that they could be. <laughs> and especially proud of our wonderful listeners who sent in these great memes to Could Be Weasel. Another thing our wonderful listeners uh, sent in on our Reddit, uh, not the Could Be Weasel Reddit, but the Worrying Bugs Reddit, is uh, their semesterly themes. Uh, This will be our last episode before the semester starts for both of us. And uh, Mm -hmm. so, yeah, some of our listeners sent in their semesterly themes in anticipation of hearing ours. So, Zach, what is the semester's theme? 
I'd like to do first a post-mortem on the yearly theme that I tried to establish. Good idea. Uh, yours was the year of effort, and mine was the explained year. Indeed. How do you think the year of effort went if we're we're changing it now and it is now the semester and summer of effort? <laughs> okay, well, semester of effort went pretty well. It certainly uh, lacked at the end of the semester, like... The week before finals and into finals was just a mess as far as, like, the things that I said I would try harder at. The, like, go to sleep on time, just just do it because it's good for you and it doesn't take all that extra effort. Perseverance will go a long way in that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, that went completely out the window at the end of the semester. That being said... Uh, the rest of the semester went really awesome. I think I did really well. Flossed the whole time. Dentist said I was doing good with the flossing. Good. So into summer, after I established a routine, it picked back up a little bit, but it never got to the full effect of the beginning of the year of effort. Mm-hmm. Do you know, Can is there something that you thought of that, like, the process of it went wrong or the definition of it was... Well, the... The change in schedule really threw me off. The, like, hey, we're going to change the way school works for the last uh, week and a half here. Like, that really threw Mm -hmm. me off. And then not having a schedule for the first week or so of summer, that threw me off. And once once I got the routine back, though, it was much easier to be on top of those things that I just needed a little bit of perseverance to uh, keep managing. So I think the lesson I've Mm -hmm. learned is that... A routine is important for my hygiene. Yeah. All right. So, what about the explained year? Um. So, the explained year, I still don't know how to how to describe it, and I think that was part of the problem is I didn't really know what it meant. I knew the problem mm. that I wanted it to solve, which was that I felt like I was on my phone just kind of right. lazily too often. Um. But I never really knew what it looked like to get there, what the intermediate steps were, or what what I was shooting for really besides just that single I am on Instagram right. too much that makes sense issue and so in that I actually have been on Instagram and on Twitter less recently okay but I couldn't tell you how <laughs> I, I don't know what I did or if it was even that framework of thinking about it in the explained year or if just something else pulled me some other direction <laughs> But it wasn't really as, like, holistic. It was just one part of my life. The idea that I had, actually, for the explained year, you ended up doing even more than I did. Um, You can talk about this if you want, I suppose. But recently you told me about, like, thinking through why you were making a certain decision and having, like, a list of rationale that went behind it. Yeah, and I'll talk a little bit about that maybe a little later. It's going to be part of my next semester but uh what's what were the things you took away from it like what was the thing that you can say your life is better for having done because of the year of uh, the explained year hmm. i think that the explained year kind of fell flat in its face um i do have a couple other thoughts like i don't think i remembered it that much and i don't think i gave myself that much time to better define it and to um like consider okay. which i think is just a it's an ongoing problem for me. It's not just a explained year thing. It's it doesn't feel like going when I'm sitting there and evaluating my options hmm. and and you're just a fast-paced kind of dude. I guess, yeah. I'm You got you have to define, you have to uh 
hone. Yeah, you got to hone your intuition to always make the best decision in the moment so that you can mm-hmm. just fly through life. That's good. That's a good plan. I'm going to change my, I had a yearly theme picked out, but now it's just going to be the year of intuiting everything. <laughs> just go with your gut in every decision you have to make. <laughs> Don't go with your gut. It'll send you to Taco Bell. Not always. Like Taco Bell's good, but also after I've been to Taco Bell, my gut isn't saying anything except screaming loudly. But it makes you go back, Zach. I don't know why it does, but it, it's like, why? This doesn't taste good. It doesn't make me feel good, but I just want it all the time. Okay, no, it tastes good. It's so it's so satisfying, like a quesarito with some steak. <laughs> so satisfying. All right, uh, quick tangent here. Uh, we're going to sidebar for a second. Uh, <laughs> Zach, what's your go-to Taco Bell meal? Quesarito with steak. Okay. The, the, I, think, I really think the quesaritos are the only... Like, if you're just going to get one thing, it should be a quesarito. Okay. I, I have to admit, I've never tried a quesarito. Uh, mine is, depending on how I'm feeling and uh, how many hands I have at the time, whether I'm holding something or not, um, mm-hmm. it'll either be uh, two chicken burritos or a crunch wrap supreme. Okay. I don't think I've ever had a crunch wrap supreme. It's okay. I have to say, no, no one judge me for my Taco Bell tastes, please. But. I don't know what it is about it, but I like the, like, this is a pizza-sized thing, and I'm just going to put it in my mouth. <laughs> like, it's not that good. It crunches. It has, like, nacho cheese sauce, so it's not, like, good in that sense. Oh, yeah, no. I'll stand by the burritos, though. I think they're actually fairly good for, especially for the price. Okay, well, the thing is, on campus at UWM, you could either go to the Taco Bell or literally just around the corner is uh like a pacific wraps Mm -hmm. is the name of it which like you go in and you put like beans and rice and vegetables it's like subway but for Mm -hmm. wraps so anytime you're like oh i need a burrito to get moving you could just go to pacific wraps and it'd be like twice as healthy at the very least you gotta think about calories per dollar here if you're thinking calories per dollar taco bell is basically unmatched but also there's like an intestinal pain per dollar <laughs> thing you got to consider. I don't really understand. Like, I get it a little bit. Like, I definitely couldn't eat like four shredded chicken burritos. But mm. two shredded chicken burritos, at least in my uh, current state of uh, health and metabolism, I-, I can eat that without basically any side effects. Okay, well, here's the deal. I'm fairly certain I'm at least a little bit lactose <laughs> intolerant. <laughs> Get the burritos. There's no cheese in them, I don't think. But I like the cheese. That's why I go to Taco Bell. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. Getting back to our semesterly themes. Okay. Yep. Uh, uh-huh. Do you want to go first or should I? Uh, well, you said that it, it tied into something I was saying earlier. Right. Yeah. So you were talking a little bit about the rules I was making for myself. And they're kind of like uh, hard and fast um, rule of thumbs and... What I was doing, which was different from in the past uh, making little rules for myself, was writing them down. Not just writing them down, but writing them down with the process that I used to arrive at those conclusions. Mm -hmm. So this semester is going to be the semester of rules. Ooh. Real quick, could you give me an example just of like a recent rule and a couple of the bullet points that led you there? Sure. Or I suppose I I can try one out for you and you can tell me where i went wrong okay i've been trying to not eat meat on alternating weeks okay and the rationale that went behind that is that red meat is like not that good for you 
if you can get your protein other ways, um, they're finding that as you get older, the more red meat you've eaten in your life, the worse off you are. And also, like the environmental things, just if you eat less meat, you are having a diet that's much better for mm -hmm. the environment. And I also like meat a lot. <laughs> okay. Still. Yeah. So I still want to eat, be able to eat meat, but I want to not be able to eat meat every meal or every day of the week. So I kind of take the processing of it out of my hands just by making it this whole week. We're not eating meat in the next week. If I want, I can eat a raw steak every day. Right. Okay. And so I guess the rule, if I was going to make that a rule, right, I would say, mm -hmm. okay, here are the reasons bad for the environment. Uh, if I can get my protein other ways, uh, it'll be bad for me in the future. And mm -hmm. no, or maybe I would say people are finding that it's bad for you in the future. Your future, your future self will okay. be yep. um, unhappy with your past self if you eat a lot of raw meat now. And then I write down like, okay, so why every other week? And that's because I like meat. It tastes good. And now I can say, now maybe it's a week later and I'm like, oh man, this is one of my off weeks for meat and I really want meat. And I can look at this note and say, what are the reasons that I'm doing this? Okay, yeah, that makes sense. And I ate a bunch of meat last week, so uh, blah, 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 blah. And if those findings change, if it, they say, okay, actually mm -hmm. red meat's really good for you and you should eat a lot of it, then the logic behind this will change and the rule no longer applies. But I wouldn't know that unless I wrote down the reasons behind it because I human brains are not good at remembering things, especially not details. Humans in general much more remember the emotion behind something than the thing itself. And if your emotion is uh, like a self-preservation kind of thing, like I want to be happier later in life, I want to have less health problems later in life, that's a pretty strong emotion and you might attach it to red meat even if the studies say otherwise yeah so uh, another example might be another example of where it went wrong might be that a long time ago someone like codified and made into a dogma that if a weasel dies in your pot you need to just throw the whole pot out right but if they had written down we found that people get sick when they drink from a pot that a weasel yeah. died in so please go throw your pots out. And then if later on somebody was like, oh, well, we know that happens from germ theory. So just like wash your pots, y'all. Yeah, that's exactly what I mean. So write down the evidence rather than the results. Hmm. Because like the it, it, it's like if you're doing an experiment and just write down the results without writing down the process of the experiment. It, it doesn't. Okay, yeah. It, there's no way to go back and say, okay, well, this happened because of this because we know more now. We know what the atoms mm -hmm. were doing now, and turns out, turns out, turns out, and you can keep revisiting it okay. because the logic won't change. Logic is something that we can just look at and say, this is correct, and even if you subjectively find those results uh, emotional, and that's why you're making this rule, like, if I made a rule like, uh, what's less morbid than that? Um, okay, here, here's, here's, I got a good one. Okay, so you're driving a car and a squirrel runs out in front of you. Mm -hmm. So there are a few things you need to take into consideration when you're braking for a squirrel. And that is, is the car going to hit the squirrel? Like the squirrel can run out in front of you and he might make it if he goes, but he might not if it stops. Because they just okay. kind of stop in the middle of the road for no reason. Yep. You also have to take into account like the guy behind you. If there's someone behind you 
and they're going to rear-end you if you break hard, you got to hit the squirrel. Mm-hmm. So that being said, that's just my opinion on the thing. I, I would hit the squirrel over getting yeah. rear-ended. I know not everyone feels like that. And it, the, the math changes if it's a dog for a lot of people, right? It's not just mm-hmm. a rodent at that point. So if in the future I develop more of a conscious towards squirrels, I can still revisit mm-hmm. it and the rule won't stand anymore because weighing the consequences of getting rear-ended versus hitting the squirrel, uh, they don't balance the same way as they used to. But I wouldn't yeah. know that if I wrote down just, hey, it's a safety issue. Mm-hmm. So the rule would have to say something like, the consequences of getting rear-ended are greater than my emotional affinity towards squirrels. Okay. So now that we've kind of defined what the rules are and that they help you just, I guess, eliminate that decision fatigue. Yeah, that's exactly what it's supposed to do, actually. That's a good way to put it. My theme is the semester of housekeeping. Okay. That's that's the word I'm going to use. Uh, is it literal housekeeping or is it metaphorical housekeeping? It's both. <laughs> Clever. I, I, was, I was pretty proud. So when I was in Sweden, I was um, on my own quite a lot. So I had more time to like watch YouTube or listen to podcasts or read or whatever it is, whichever of the many things that I filled my time with. Um, And now I'm back and I have schoolwork to worry about. And I have just general like I want to hang out with my friends more than I want to sit around and watch YouTube or listen to podcasts or whatever it is. And there's so many things that I told myself at some point, Okay, I'm going to read this. I'm going to watch this. And I kind of like became a a digital hoarder Hmm. because it's so easy to just say, yep, add this to the pile. But now that I'm starting to think about it like a pile, like in when I was living with my parents, a lot of times we would have like piles of bills or just papers that we got in the mail um, that we needed to go through. But the difference was there was a time set aside. It was like, okay, well, every first Monday of the month, I'm going to go through all the bills. Right. And I don't have that for any of the piles I'm making right now. And so visualizing it like like a house like that, like a room or like a table full of piles of things or a room just full of clutter, I can try and apply some of those things that I do. Because I do like keeping my house nice and neat and not hoardery. <laughs> so if I apply some of the same ideas, some of like the Marie Kondo, does this YouTube video love me? <laughs> type of questions i i feel like i can make a dent in it i feel like i can get back on top of it and have some control over it whereas right now i feel like uh, my options are just go through it all or cut and run right yeah and another thing to to note about it is that i need to be willing to swing too far for a semester, especially because this is just the semesterly theme, I need to be able to swing too far and get rid of all of the podcasts I listen yeah. to. And then next semester be like, okay, well, actually, I really liked Reply All. Right. And I'm not going to be crucified because I didn't listen to every single episode of This American Life. Mm-hmm. Another thing that I need to think about is how things get in. The same way if I'm thinking about it like piles, how where where the stuff gets added to the pile. Or if I add a bunch of stuff to the pile and then every week I go through and say, okay, well, half of the things in this pile are just junk. And also, I'm in a house now and I need to, like, clean the toilets and stuff, (laughs) which is something that I didn't do when I was living in the dorms. So it is going to be a semester of actual housekeeping as well. All right. Well, that sounds like a good idea. What's the first step? 
Um, well, one thing, the thing that I started doing and then realized I could expand out was I do have that Instapaper, which is just, it collects a whole bunch of articles from online and puts them in a nicer, it almost looks like a magazine mm -hmm. format. And I was adding a bunch of articles to that without having any specific time for reading those articles. It was just like, oh, well, someday some future version of Zach will deal mm -hmm. with this. And so now I'm going to try, they have something, an option that you can send it to your Kindle once a week. Oh, okay. And so you just get 10 articles sent to your Kindle once a week. And so if I can keep myself adding less than 10 articles a week, then every Saturday morning or every weekend or whatever it is, I can just set aside an hour or two to sit down and read some articles, just like I would read The Economist or something. And then I think from that, I'm going to try and... I mentioned before that I don't give myself enough credit for the time that I stop and spend and think about things. Right. And so trying to shift my thinking about that, I'm not sure how, but that's another thing that I want to work on is not always prioritizing the things that feel like I'm doing something over the administrative sit down, clear my head and just focus on making sure my task list is all stuff I can actually right. do. Right. I am considering making a run at time tracking this semester. Okay. What do you think of that? Do you think that's a good idea for me, Zach? Yeah, I think it's a good idea. I You've tried it before, right? Yeah, it was mostly uh, forgetfulness, and I th so it needs to be built up as a habit of just uh, stopping and starting the timer and really being honest when I... Mm -hmm stop uh doing whatever i'm doing to break and look at reddit for a second and for me it yeah. actually is or at least most of the time is just like a second you know which makes it harder mm -hmm. it's like okay i'm gonna look at the top three links and then that's uh usually a good enough break yeah so i'm gonna try to be really honest with myself um and hopefully it'll go well i'm wolf i'm following in no, following up. No, following down. I'm following down? I'm following yeah. down right now for the follow-up later. Yes. I, I think it's a good idea. I don't know if it's specifically a year of rules thing or even a year of housekeeping. Semester. Yeah, no, semesters. I, I, but it's something I've been wanting to do for a while, and the start of the semester seems like a good time to start it. Start right now. That's a good idea. That's, um, I was actually thinking about that the other day too, was it's so much easier. I guess that's kind of why we do this theme thing is it doesn't feel as structured as like a mm -hmm. resolution. And part of that is that you don't have to start at any particular point. And so if you say, okay, well, from this point, from September 1st, I'm going to time track this semester the losses feel a lot more defeatist than just, okay, well, I'm going to start doing this today. Ideally, this carries into the next semester, and yeah. I can say, okay, I've spent three hours on math today. That is, whatever, 20% of my math time for the week. I'm done now. I know the homework's not done. They don't care anyway. Mm -hmm. It sounds like you kind of want to figure out where your 80-20 split is, that notion that, like, 20% of the work gets you 80% of the way there. That is certainly correct. And just knowing what that extra extra chunk, even if you do 50%, what the 50% is that can be That's lost. a great way to put it. And I don't think that time tracking alone can accomplish that, but it's a certainly a good first step. Yeah. All right. Well, I wish you luck. I'm always terrible at it myself, so I don't have any pointers, but... <laughs>
Well, I wish you luck on your housekeeping. On actual physical housekeeping, I pride myself. Uh, my former roommates oh. can attest that uh, I can be kind of anal retentive about it. I'm I'm good on the not keeping too many things. I'd throw away some stuff. You would. I also have the entirety of my life has been moved into this building <laughs> that I'm currently in. Everything I have ever owned and still own here. I would wager some money. I don't know how much money. I'd have to do a cost benefit here. But um, I'd wager some amount of money that you could throw away half of it. I did throw away quite a lot. I have recently. But like... For sentimental reasons, nope, don't eat them. I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna keep the poster of like third grade Zach arguing that there should be subway level transport in Brandon, <laughs> in Brandon, Wisconsin. <laughs> you should, uh, if because it actually does have a utility, but you have to keep it out because it's only useful as a conversation starter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Right now, I'm confining myself to one bin of what I call archive. Okay. I have one box that's like the archive box that has that and like the first camera I ever vlogged on. Why? Okay, I don't understand that. I have an archive box, but it's for actual archive. I can look back and reference it. Yeah, I'm not sure about that one. It's just hard to throw away? Yeah. All right. At some point when I was working for the school and that uh, tech internship... They were mm-hmm. going to throw away a bunch of spinning disk hard drives. Mm-hmm. And they're not very big, uh, 250 gigs, 128. But I said, hey, can I just keep these? Because you're going to throw them away anyway. And they're like, sure. So I ended yep. up with uh, 12 or so, <laughs> something around there. Uh, just small-ish spinning disk drives. And mm-hmm. so they, they've they been collecting dust for a while. So uh, what I've been doing is keeping them as backups of my stuff okay uh, of other projects uh big projects the big videos 4k stuff um mm-hmm. so like one project per hard drive and <laughs> that kind of thing yeah but what i've been able to do is have that be the only copy and then make another copy on a different disc so i'm going to leave the i'm going to have the storage in my new apartment in madison mm-hmm. but have the backup off-site Ooh, yeah. smart so we'll see how many i burn through in that endeavor so in your archive like my archive box has a lot of my notes from classes and that's something i need to reconsider i think but does yours have any notes like say from your economics class uh not my economics class i didn't I like economics as a concept. I like it as like a thing to listen to to podcasts about people who can make it really interesting. I like hearing about it from mm-hmm. Planet Money, Freakonomics. I don't listen to Freakonomics anymore, but Planet Money I really do uh, like, and I highly recommend it. But I did learn a few things from that economics course, and mm-hmm. one of those things is what a government should do with the surplus that they buy. And some of you who follow milk politics as closely as we do (laughs) will know that the United States Department of Agriculture is buying $50 million in surplus milk. Mm -hmm. That's uh, somewhere between 11 and 13 million gallons of milk, not of cheese or anything, but of just liquid milk. And uh, they claim it's not in relation to the president's recent statements about helping farmers. And there's really no way to verify that. Mm hmm. 
But you might be wondering, like I was, what does someone do with a maximum of 13 million gallons of milk? <laughs> Make a lot of butter. Yes. Milk cubes, milk cubes. We, we already figured this out, Stephen. Milk cubes. Just dehydrate it all and, use the, and send the water to California. Yes. <laughs> so there are, from an economic standpoint, there are a few potential answers to the questions, but there are basically two camps. You can either give it to the less fortunate or get rid of it. Okay. Now, I uh, forewarning, like I said, I took one course. It was a 101 course. So my understanding of this may be flawed. Mm-hmm. But from my understanding, the economically efficient thing to do in this situation is to get rid of the milk, pour it down the drain, make it unusable. Is it like a sunk cost fallacy thing? You would have to expend even more resources to get the milk? Yeah, so there are... If you're going to give it to someone, you can give it to two groups of people. You can give it to the people who are less fortunate in this country, or you can give it to the people less fortunate in other other countries. Getting it to other countries is way more expensive than just pouring it down the drain. Yep. But giving it to people in this country, that's economically feasible. But And that's actually what the Department of Agriculture is going to do. They're going to give it to uh, Mm -hmm. food banks and such other things. But that's not good for the economy because giving it away or selling it will only decrease the effectiveness of buying the surplus. And it will most likely lead to having a bigger surplus next time there is one. Because now there's a surplus and people already have milk. Hmm. And it's a really hard problem to solve because you have 13 million gallons of milk. You don't want to just pour it down the drain because it is a, it's a useful thing. What? Yeah. But it reduces the effectiveness of the thing you were trying to solve in the first place by buying 13 millions of gallons of milk, which is to help the farmers mm-hmm. in there uh, when they had too good a season, basically. I don't think the issue is too good a season. I think the issue is the buyers that they had last year they no longer right, have. because of Canada. Also because of a lot of different nope, Canada. trade Canada. wars happening right now. We don't now. talk about those. Canada is also causing us <laughs> problems. But like there are definitely trade wars happening right now that contribute. But the U.S. Department of Agriculture said that it's not in relation to those, so it's Canada. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the... The people in the Department of of Agriculture are not stupid. They really aren't. They know that this is not economically the best thing to do. Mm -hmm. But you got to assume that they've decided that the most efficient thing to do will make them look like assholes because they are throwing milk away when they have it and people people need it. Mm -hmm. So what's happening here is that to look good, the Department of Agriculture is making our economy less good. Like insurance. That wasn't a complete thought. Um, <laughs> I don't know what you mean. There's a point at which insurance is no longer effective because insurers know everything. Because hmm. then you aren't sharing risk pools. You're just paying for the things you're spending money on. Uh, I guess. Are we at that point? If you can... Uh, we're not at that point, but there are things being done right now to keep us from getting to that oh. point. That just like you're not allowed to use these types of data right. yeah. to base your insurance information off of. Okay, business idea. We make okay. a company that can predict how using everything. So I say, Zach, uh, if you give me permission to 
look through snoop through every part of your life like the insurance companies want to but aren't allowed to because they're insurance companies I say, Zach, give me permission to do all of that. So explicitly with your consent and you know everything that's going to happen. I will predict okay. how likely it is for these things to happen to you. And then you can buy the proper insurance without the insurance companies being able to know those things. Ooh, okay. Does a psychic told me I would get cancer next year count as a pre-existing condition? <laughs> I don't know. That's awesome. Because <laughs> I think if that doesn't count as a pre-existing condition, neither would your service. Yeah, no, it's just a probability. I'm just, I could just be making up numbers. No one knows. There's no actual. Mm-hmm. Okay, hold on. What counts as a <laughs> pre-existing con- condition? No, it, it doesn't. It, uh, so it's defined as a medical condition that occurred before the program of health benefits went into effect. So okay. if a psychic told you you're going to get cancer, but you don't have it yet, doesn't count. All right. How about... I wonder if anyone's asked this question before. Uh, psychic pre-existing conditions. Nope. No one has asked this question before. Let's get on uh, a stack exchange here. Quora. I think this would be a Quora kind of question. No, uh, okay. Maybe it is, but I feel like we'd get either really bad answers or maybe like an ask reddit or something like a ask insurance is there something like that oh yeah like a legal advice oh yeah there you go yeah so i think it's pretty viable okay (laughs) i think the next level of service too would be no okay never mind i was gonna say you monitor them you've got a heart rate thing and all that and if you know they're going to have a heart attack like seconds before They do buy them insurance really quickly. You buy them insurance really quickly. (laughs) You act as an insurance broker. Oh my god! But you have to—you'd have to put out like some false flag so the insurance company won't just reject it outright because it's so spontaneous. So someone has to be the sacrificial lamb and accident and buy health and and buy uh, heart attack insurance that they don't need. Wait, no, Stephen. Then you're just risk pooling too, and it doesn't work. Yeah, I know. That's I don't. That's why I don't think it's gonna work. Dang. And now, a PSA from the Worrying Bugs. Wake the fuck up! This has been a PSA from the Worrying Bugs. Uh, So I moved into a house, and most of the things from the previous tenants are gone, but that note on the door to leave the building is not gone. Wait, the note on the building? Yeah, there's like a sticky note that somebody, like it's a larger note, but they must have taped it to the door to leave the house well presumably if you're walking out the door you are already awake right but maybe you're like bleary kind of still like half so a note's gonna be like hey you should wake up and then you just magically are yeah that's how it works (laughs) or you i thought this this psa was going to be about your alarm situation or something Oh, no. My alarm situation is actually working out. Okay. Glad to hear it. (laughs) But whoever wrote that note, their alarm situation was not working out. Uh, No, it must have been. It's just they're too drowsy and they're going to get hit by a car or something. Okay. (laughs) Uh, A possibility. Every night they went down and sprayed liquid caffeine Mm -hmm. on the note. So then you are going downstairs and you lick the note. (laughs) 
<laughs> and then you get some caffeine on your tongue. I was thinking like, uh, you know, those like tearaway, like if you're interested, take one of these little slips. Okay. I was yeah. thinking one of those, except for like something that would dissolve on your tongue and make and wake you up. Hmm. Like, uh, it, like LSD for caffeine. Like a caffeine tab. Yeah. That could work. Another good business idea. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we should start writing these down. All right. So as I mentioned, I moved in to a new place. It has notes on the door, um, but mostly it's it's pretty good. I'm mostly set now. I need to get a bookcase or make a bookcase or something. I also need a way to charge all my devices. So if you have a solution for that, post it in the Reddit. With electricity. I Thanks. highly recommend electricity. It's a great tool. Right, but I need like a right now the current proposal is take like a big log from a tree (laughs) hollow it out and then just put a whole bunch of cables all the micro usb and whatever my camera uses and all those kind of cables up and then i can just kind of set things in this hollowed out stump and plug them in with the cables coming up through it and then i have a switch on the side so i can turn on power to the whole stump Uh, i'll do you one better you get devices that can chi charge and put a chi charging mat under the like the top layer of stump and you just set it on the stump and go from there power log uh except nothing i have chi charges and i think it's gonna be a while till they make a chi charging kindle mm. but that's gonna be power log v2 is gonna be chi charging a great name power log power log i wonder if you can just go to lowe's and like buy a log Okay, you're gonna run into some namespace issues because of logarithms and how much they uh, to get talked about in the context of powers. I'm not marketing them. Wait, this isn't a business idea? No, oh. this is just I want a way to charge up my devices. And the power log would be the a great solution, actually. <laughs> so, speaking of great names for things. Yes. Uh, Zach, have you named your house? Absolutely. I I needed one so that my spreadsheet of all of the light bulbs in our house would have a name other than light spreadsheet. Also, the Wi-Fi router needed okay, a name. Okay, wait. Slow down. <laughs> <laughs> slow down, Zach. Okay, I'm just making a mental note to revisit the light spreadsheet. So, okay. What what is the house name? Let's start with that. Uh, so the house. Um, there's there's a story here. I really wanted Tranquility Base. I think that's a good house name. Okay. However, there are six honors college students in this house, so very rarely is it anything close to tranquil. Fair enough. Uh, so in focus testing, it performed poorly for that reason. People <laughs> didn't like it because it wasn't actually. Um, so I looked up other Apollo landing sites. Our options were Stratiocognitum, Fra Mauro Formation, the Hadley Apennine, Descartes Highlands, and the Taurus Littrow, which are all terrible house names. Yeah, no, not good at all. Then I looked at other moon features, like the Sea of Nectar <laughs> and the Sea of Clouds. I could make it like Nectar Base, um, but Cloud Base is definitely already a startup that specializes in offsite synergies. Yep. Nectar Base isn't too bad. In fact, ne- Nectar uh, Sky, what was it? Sea of Nectar. I like Sea of Nectar. I think you should name your house that. No. Um, so we were all sitting around and I just kept on throwing out like, oh, well, here's this this moon feature and then i went on to mars features and then i was like what if we just call it io um and somebody was like okay you're saying a whole bunch of bases what about just base camp mm, that's not bad and everybody was like yeah base camp makes sense all right so it's called base camp so it's base camp what's your house name we haven't come up with one and because i hadn't i hadn't had a chance to talk about it before we recorded today 
And I think it needs to be a group decision. That being said, I could mm-hmm. probably unilaterally decide it because I don't think they care that much. Okay. So, uh, I am accepting suggestions. Tranquility base is still very good. <laughs> I doubt it. I doubt it will be tranquil. Yeah. As a group name, not necessarily a house name, I was thinking the Berry Bunch. But again, that is just me uh, being uh, narcissistic. Our our house, um, before we got to base camp, our house, let's say, was on George Costanza Street. So the sitcom house was the working title before we landed on our... Mm. I I asked, I, I know some of your roommates, so I asked them what they thought the house name was, and somebody who is not your roommate pitched an idea. I don't like that one. What do you I think about like that? I don't like any of those. No. Wrong. I reject that. God, I... All right, so let's just pick a pick a thing, not moon bases, perhaps, because that's your thing. But um, mm-hmm. let's pick a uh, pick a topic and find things about it that we could call the house. Um. Well, okay. So so I went from moon bases to android names. Those are desserts. That's not a good house name. To the the newer versions of OSX are places in California. To Lord of the Rings has a lot of different settings names. Hmm. Lord of the Rings would be good, although I don't think any of us particularly enjoyed Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. I wonder if we... What, what's something we all like? Uh, there are so many dwarven cities. What the heck? <laughs> about, like, textbook publishers? Alqualand? Sounds hard. Gondolin? Sounds hard to spell. Yeah, there's an E with an umlaut over it. <laughs> Eglarest? Menegroth? Cengage Learning is one of the biggest... Uh, textbook publishers Ooh, the pearson pad Ooh, that's a good one or uh maybe we could do like a netflix show we all like mm. we're all i'm sure we're all big fans of the office or parks and rec all right maybe i'd have to come back to this but i think we do need a name i might may mm-hmm. or may not be able to convince my roommates of that mm-hmm. discuss discuss with your roommates and follow up for sure i'm excited so another thing that you need to define a space is a flag indeed yeah um so i i'm assuming if you don't have like the identity of your space that nailed down with the name you probably don't have what the flag would be nailed down either yeah no okay well i came up with a flag for my house what's that zach so i followed i followed the rules of vexillology i'm gonna google oh you made your own yeah okay just I, i thought you like put up another people's flag of malachi no, I mean that's a good it's a, it's a good flag. I like it. I like um, it too. But but the house needed its own flag. And so there are five principles you need to follow um when you're doing flag design. Right. You should keep it simple. It should be you should, somebody should be able to draw it from memory. You should use meaningful symbolism with the images, colors or patterns. Uh you should limit the number of colors. Um there should be no lettering or seals and it should be distinctive or be related. Hmm. So it should be separate from all of the other house flags on the block, but it could be related to, for example, the Milwaukee flag. Right. So I'm going to slack you a couple designs. All right, here we go. Oh, it's vertical. Yeah. So that, that's the first thing is the flag designs I did. I figured, why not do it vertically? So many other flags are horizontal. Mm-hmm. And really the only thing that's specified in the laws of flag ratios is that it's three to five but it doesn't say which which way is three and which way is five okay yeah uh the idea is that if you put it 
in portrait mode, then the flag will wave less and last longer because it'll decay less quickly because the ends will be less flappy and... You've got gravity helping you keep it aligned. So from a cost perspective, if you're going to fly it, then Mm -hmm. (laughs) portrait mode is better. Okay, so here is my... I like the tent flag better. Okay, do you want to give a quick description of them? Sure. So they're both orange on top and a dark blue on the bottom. The colors of the Milwaukee flag. Mm-hmm. And the tent, there's two of them Zach sent me. Zach sent me the tent flag and the house flag. The tent flag has, is a triangle with the base starting at or about halfway th- up the flag. And it's, it makes a horizon with the yellow and the blue. Right. Again, another nod to the Milwaukee flag, I assume. Mm. people's flag i should say not the actual one that's awful it's the milwaukee flag for all intents and purposes <laughs> except government ones <laughs> and that's a the triangle is a lighter blue and it has a white slit in it and that seems to cast a beam of light i guess onto mm-hmm. the bluer part which kind of looks like the ground because of it and then there are like circles on the blue part which look like craters to me yep and it's all done with no shadows or gradients or anything it's all just shapes which Mm -hmm. is good flag design for sure okay so the second one is uh something similar the horizon starts much lower in the flag maybe the third instead of the half and it looks like a house there's a, a rectangle with a triangle on top but the rectangle is made out of diagonal lines Mm -hmm. And there is a door that is white, similar to the slit on the triangle, but this one does not cast a beam of light. Mm -hmm. Okay, and so your your vote is for the tent flag? Yes. What's the... I don't like, I I don't dislike, but I don't particularly like either the diagonal lines that make up the house, but I also think the house would be boring without them. Yep, you're supposed to use some symbolism, so the symbolism of those diagonal lines is just that it's a three-story building that we're in, and we're in the top two stories, so it's higher in my head. I They feel like staircases almost. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, these are good, Zach. I'm impressed. Thank you. The tent, there's some symbolism. There's six people in the house, so there are six craters, or if you feel like it shouldn't be moon-related, then there are uh, path stones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they do kind of make a path. Uh, so there's six of those for the six people in the house. Are you making fun of people's weight in this by making them bigger craters? No, I just drew circles. It was like 2 a.m., Stephen. <laughs> the circles' sizes don't have meaning, Zach? Um, there's one One of the people in our house, their nickname is Tiny. So <laughs> the smallest flagstone signifies them. Smallest crater, smallest oval <laughs> signifies them. But there's, there's no other meaning to any of the other ones. All right. So Zach's going to put these in the show notes and he'll sure. just, and you can vote on Patreon and he'll go with that one uh i think patreon collectively will get one vote <laughs> you steven will get one vote and then everybody in the house will also get oh, each individually oh a vote. no i, I didn't want to uh affect your vote too much don't want to influence the patreon wait wait why do i get a vote for your house flag i don't know you're interested in flags more than probably most of the other people in the house <laughs> so you're gonna get this printed out maybe i don't know just buy a really big TV and have that displaying on a Chromecast Ooh, yeah. all the time. Good plan. And then hang the TV from a pole. You can get the really expensive, really nice ones, or you can get like the $5 Milwaukee flags that they just whip together in the back of some warehouse right. somewhere. And so I might get one of the whip together in the back of some warehouse somewhere ones. Mm-hmm. 
I still technically only used f- uh, four colors. In the tent one, the gray of the light beam and the craters is actually the blue at half saturation. Mm, I feel like it's a different color, Zach. It's the same Pantone color. <laughs> All right. So, Stephen, I eagerly await your... Oh, yeah. This will be on my mind for the next two weeks until I can talk to you about it. I will need the help of my roommates to decide, mm-hmm. of course, but... Uh... No, we're going to have a name and a flag. All right, good. To signify to our friend group that we are the superior part of this friend group because we are united. Yes. Under one flag. It's not nationalism. What is it if it's just in the house? I don't know. Is there like a term for being noble to or being loyal to a nobility? Feudalism. (laughs) Why so many hotels? (laughs) What? Oh, I guess there's something called the Noble Rewards Program for this one hotel. Ah. What is it called to be? All right, Quora, you're up. Hmm. I don't think so. I mean, not in the first page of Google. There's nothing. Mm. Maybe one of the listeners can write in on the Reddit. Okay, going back for a second. You mentioned that you had a spreadsheet for the light bulbs in your house. Yes. Uh, What purpose does that serve? Um... There's a lot of light bulbs in the house, and I get really annoyed when, like, there's a fan with four fixtures, and two of the light bulbs are not the same as the other two light bulbs. Okay, so just change those light bulbs. But to what? You gotta know what the color temperature of all the light bulbs is, (laughs) and have an official color temperature of each room and each fan. Why not just have an official color temperature for the whole house? Because the kitchen needs to be a brighter, whiter light than, like the living room which ought to be redder and more calm wrong and the same goes for like bathrooms you want to be as close to daylight as possible so that when you look at yourself in the mirror it looks like you will look out in the sunlight Mm, okay i didn't think about that actually i'll concede on bathrooms but Mm -hmm. i think everything other than the places where you look at yourself in the mirror should be the color temperature at uh 2700 hertz kelvin kelvin because that is, if I'm not mistaken, what is uh, known in the light bulb industry as soft white. Yep. And that is my favorite. That's good a lot of places. I think having options, like if the overheads are all soft white, which I think is the case in almost all of the house. Um, but then the ones on the side are a warmer tone. Like if you have floor fixtures. I'm not setting up my house as a light studio, right? I want it to feel cozy. I want it to feel homey. I want it to feel like I should be comfortable there. Yeah. And what that means is that it should be not the same color temperature as like a school building or a Mm -hmm. business or something else, which all use the whitest light imaginable. Right. And we, I'm pretty sure, only have that in the bathrooms here. And I, I think my desk lamp is a daylight bulb because... That's just what I like. But so most things are soft white or warmer Mm -hmm. because some things you do want to be warmer. Like our game room doesn't need to be a soft white. It can be warmer. I've got a light that goes it cycles through color temperatures. And that's nice for like right before bed because it goes really orange. Ooh, and also I have I have a fancy one. I got a silver bowl light bulb to put uh, in the kitchen. It's the dimmest light in the house. Silver bowl. Yeah. So it's um, you it's. Modeled after the visible filament old ones, 
but it's an LED. Everything in the house is LED now. That's the whole reason that I did this. Mm -hmm. Oh, I understand it. Okay. And then it's got a little, like, they dipped it in silver so it doesn't shine right at you. It reflects back against the wall. Right. Interesting. But it goes in the kitchen so you can go down and, like, if you need a cup of water, you can just turn on the dimmest light that we own in the house. Fill up your cup of water, turn it back off, and go upstairs or <laughs> into your room. Okay. Uh, when when we moved in, there's we we saw that there was a light in the hallway that connects two of the bedrooms and one of the bathrooms, and it it was a completely red bulb. <laughs> Just it only shone. Re- uh huh. It only shone. Shone. Shined. Show. <laughs> shown. I think shown. Okay. It only shone red light. So. We have a few theories, the least interesting of which is that it's the light that you used to not hurt yourself on your way to the bathroom, but also not wake yourself up. And yeah, not mess with your dark vision. Mm-hmm. And maybe they were amateur astronomers. So it was it was like on the way to the observatory. Right. And they didn't want to mess up their dark vision. That makes sense. That's probably the the second least interesting. So I think the most interesting would be like having it having the switch always be on but having the light itself be connected to some sort of warning system for like an ifttt Mm -hmm. and just having it flash whenever something is happening yeah like if the hull breached yeah exactly the house started flooding something like that would be the most interesting but probably the least likely because your house is in lake mendota right (laughs) underwater that's how i'm keeping my opsec secure Okay. Also, I'm going to now refer to my house on the podcast as being in Lake Mendota. I'm just proud of myself for remembering what any of those lakes were called. Mendota and Menona are the two ones you got to worry about falling into. All right. So, Stephen, have you updated your house to all LED lights? Yes. Good. I bought a big pack of them and just went around replacing all the lights. And so they're all from one pack. So they're all the same color. All right. And your roommates were, you were like the light guy? Yeah, no, they were quite uh, understanding. And by understanding, I mean that they were like, oh, sweet, we have to pay less for our electricity bill. Mm -hmm. Uh, Some of my roommates are film students, so they had opinions on color temperature sometimes. And what do they think? Do they agree with me that it should just always be soft white all the time? No. Well, then they're wrong. Mostly they had opinions on what they wanted me to order for their room because I went on (laughs) a thousandbulbs.com. Oh, that's a good idea. And ordered all of these. It was like a $40 light bulb order. You might need a light spreadsheet for that then. I'll concede that if your roommates have opinions, then you might need a light spreadsheet. Mm -hmm. I should make a spreadsheet for many more things than I have done so far. Make a rule. Make it a rule to make a spreadsheet. Yeah, I should. I don't know exactly how that rule is going to go, but if I, I should make a rule like if I, if you're writing down more than f- like four variables about more than three things and just make it a spreadsheet. I used Airtable actually for this, Airtable. which is like a database spreadsheet. So I think right now the view, you can see it sorted by color, temperature and lumens. I'll send it to you. Sweet. This isn't going to be in the show notes, but like you can look at what Airtable is. The light bulb spreadsheet might compromise your OPSEC. It very much will, which is why I said it won't be in the show notes. <laughs> what is it? So this is interesting. I wonder what I could use this for. I have ideas, but oh, it has a calendar. Oh, good old Kanban. 
I just like this because it visually separated the groups. Yeah, no, you're right. And also it's easier to share without, like, with just a link. Right. So zero lumens are just no light bulbs. Oh, no, it's non-functional. I see. Yeah. So there's a light socket, but work. the... I gotcha. Actually, it does work, but the light flickers the whole time. That's worse than not working. Yep. So if I wanted to say, hey, Zach, the the light in the pantry isn't working... Mm-hmm. how would you like would you just go find the pantry thing or would you yeah well you can also group by room oh i see how this is working okay so i would filter and group i get it if you have more cool light bulbs you want me to see um you can just like email them to me <laughs> my email is on twitter at the puns guy <laughs> is it really no good you don't want emails emails are bad don't send emails uh, and if you want to send me more spreadsheet options, I am open to it. I am at not Stephen Barry. See you next fortnight. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.